Hey. Hi. Uh, we need a jingle. Like, we need, like, a... We need, like, something to get this shit going when we press... Yeah. When we press record. I, I just have a hard time settling on the musical style. How do we do it? Like, how would we even... Like, Terry's made us a made us one. It was just very classical sounding, and for mm-hmm. some reason, I was like, I don't know. But I got what he was getting at with it because, like, Chardonnay is supposed to be like classy, but you know, we're the least classy fucking humans. That's very true. I think that it maybe it should be like just like a like the Jaws. Theme. <laughs> oh my god! Like just some kind of like sound of existential dread. Yeah, I think that would. What probably... would the sound of existential dread be? The Jaws. <laughs> and how do we capture it would that? Definitely be the Jaws theme. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um. So. <laughs> 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 about it i can't stop laughing becky and i were out in the wild um and we saw (laughs) a home sign and you know it's it's basic bitch decor Uh you know the the signs that say like live laugh love and die cry hate (laughs) yeah yeah you know like (laughs) the anti the anti-basic sign right so we saw one that said blessed um, except it didn't actually say blessed. <laughs> and we were trying to figure it out. So it literally said BL, and then there was a picture of a leaf, and then it said SSED. So the leaf was supposed to be, you know, um, the like, E, like I guess. E, yeah. And I was at first like really annoyed. I'm like, that's so fucking stupid. Like, if it's gonna be a letter, it should look like a letter. Like, I have seen signs that say home and the O is like a wreath, or it at least fucking resembles the letter it's supposed to be. <laughs> so I was like, what the fuck is this? And, <laughs> and I, <laughs> I tried to sound it out and it became beliefs. Beliefs. Bleefs. And I can't stop laughing every time I think of that sign because I just think of how annoyed I was by it and how basic it was. I'm like, this just doesn't make sense. It's just trying to be cute and it's not even it's not even cute and it doesn't make sense. Like we're batting zero here with this sign. Right. And right. then when <laughs> And then when Rachel said bleefs, I don't know, I just lost. <laughs> so it's a bleef season. season. So bleefs you in your home. Yeah. Bleef bleefs be the fruit. Bleefs be the fruit. May the Lord open. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we were just talking about really stupid fucking signs like that, and we started looking them up. And God, is there an abundance of them where they just replace a letter that doesn't look like the object with an object? No. I just saw one that said home, and the O was a rabbit. I saw one Why? that said home, and the O was a, a pair of mittens. Like, a pair of mittens. Like, it didn't look like an O at all. I, it just makes no sense. There's too many, and yet there's not enough. I just want, like, I want, like, a room in my house dedicated to those signs all over the walls. So I can oh just it would point and laugh. Sit in there and scream? Yeah. <laughs> it's so funny. Uh, yeah, I just, mm, it was very... 
very rough and now we've just been cackling over beliefs to every time i can't stop i can't stop laughing every time i think of it. I it's laughing. so funny it's so funny and i mean it might not be as funny to you all it's because you not. didn't see it here here's one that says welcome and the o is a fucking pineapple <laughs> why is that a fucking thing what what does pineapple have to do with my home oh well that's a swinger sign and being what with yeah. a pineapple? Yeah, there's a the, it's said that like people who have um like pineapples uh, like a decoration or a flag on their house like that's like a sign of being a swinger. So you mean to tell me if I'm driving down the street and I see a guy that a person mm-hmm. who has a, a couple let's say, with a pineapple flag, I should knock on the door and be like, you ready to swing? I mean, I'm not saying it's a rule. I'm not saying it applies to all. Can you imagine if some like little 80-year-old woman answered the door and was like, I don't have a swing set, honey. I don't know what you're talking right. about. She was just like, yeah, come on. I'm ready. Yeah. Oh, fuck. I, I don't know what I'd do. Yeah, that's a thing, though. And there's also something that like, it, it's like some kind of code if you're in the grocery store and you have a pineapple in the baby seat of the cart. Like where a kid would sit, then that also like signifies that you're uh, DTF with multiple people in your marriage. But that's where I always put my fruit. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm just telling you what I know. Oh my! Yeah, let me let me just well, do a quick search. Uh, we have a long story today, so we're keeping it. Brief yeah. During this intro. Um, At least I think it's going to be long. We'll, we'll see. I know. Sometimes you think it is and it ends up not being as long as you thought, but... Um, it's nine pages and it's very small font, oh, so... Geez, no, that's fucking long, dude. Yeah. Uh, Pineapple s- swinger symbol. <laughs> A pineapple that is placed <laughs> on your porch or mailbox by swingers lets everyone know that there is a swinger party going on. A pineapple that is turned upside down is when there is someone looking for a swinger party. Swingers also use the symbol to look for each other in public. Okay, <laughs> New York Post. Secret signs your ma- neighbor might be a swinger. Um, what year is this from? The 1970s? Let's see. This is from 2017. What the fuck? Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. Uh, a pineapple, like, door knocker has been like a, a symbol of it um garden gnomes but that's bullshit i love garden gnomes i have garden gnomes i have lots of garden gnomes i just bought new halloween ones that are super cute yeah i haven't heard that one before but i have i've definitely heard the pineapple thing in several uh in several sources <laughs> so the more yeah. you know yep so if you get that fucking welcome sign with your dumbass pineapple as an o just know that you might be inviting uh, a extra, swinger party, extramarital intercourse with others, which is fine. I mean, do your thing. Yeah, but no, nothing wrong you, with that. That's not what you intend. You just might want to be careful. Yeah. yeah, let me be real clear. We're not shaming that. I'm shaming the use of a pineapple as a symbol. <laughs> oh yeah, if you're gonna use it, just like I'd rather you use it for a purpose and not for something stupid like that basic ass sign. Right. Right. Um. I was going to do all of our info at the end rather than before. Um, if you're cool with that. Yeah, that's fine. Um, anything else you want to chat about before we get started? Nope, I'm ready. I don't think I have any corrections. Uh, I'm sure I do, but I've already forgotten. 
What was the last story I did? Mm, the Cheddar, Cheddar Man. Man. Cheddar Man, yeah. Uh, no, nothing's cool about that. Okay. So, I got everything right. Just kidding. <laughs> everything. I'm fucking positive I did not. <laughs> I'm sure I fucked this one up. It's a real big story, so we'll okay. see. Okay. All right, you ready? Yeah, ready. We're all familiar with the story of the Titanic. If you haven't seen the iconic movie and screamed at Rose that there was enough room on that fucking door for Jack, you need and to if, do that. If that was not your first experience seeing a woman's titties, then uh, yeah, I don't yeah. know what it was, and I don't want to. I'm not, yeah, I mean, I kind of want to now. A little bit. <laughs> a little bit now. Um, we're obsessed with the Titanic and how the unsinkable ship met its demise on April 15th, 1912. Um, I know I have gone to several Titanic exhibits um, and I just, I just love learning about the Titanic and just the tragedy around it. And it's just, it just draws me in. Yeah, um, I've been to one, um, I think it was in Cleveland or something. And uh, I remember vividly, it wasn't that movie, like that, the movie, it was like a documentary or something. I remember very vividly, like, bawling my eyes out as a little kid, like watching mm -hmm. some of like this documentary, because my dad always watched that shit. And uh, I like when the when the like, musicians were like playing yeah. their instruments, like, because that's literally all they could do. I that like was so heart wrenching to me. Right. But everything about it is just gutting. And um, there's a really good exhibit that was in Orlando for a while. Uh, you got to touch an iceberg and like you got to touch a piece of the ship and you walk into this room and there's these giant panels that span from the ceiling to the floor with all of the names. And then they bold out the ones who survived and like kind of wash out the people who died and just the drastic like differences yeah it's just you just look at it and you're like holy shit um <clears throat> so most of us aren't that familiar with the background of the titanic why it was built why it sank uh why its safety mechanisms didn't really work but we've all been told it was an unsinkable ship so when we watch all these movies you know we we don't see all that background so i'm gonna talk a bit about that um, the Titanic was built as a result of an intense competition between shipping lines in the early 20th century. The White Star Line was in a battle for the fastest, most luxurious ship with Cunard, which had two ships ranked the most sophisticated and luxurious of their time. Uh, Cunard's Mauritania began service in 1907, and it actually set a speed record for the fastest average speed during a transatlantic crossing. You want to guess how fast that bitch went? Oh my god. Uh, yeah, tell me. No, I don't want to guess. A whopping 23.69 knots, which is the equivalent of 27.26 miles per hour. Okay, I knew it was either <laughs> going to be something that, like, was not, did not seem fast at all, or it was going to be like, uh, I don't know, I kind, I expected one extreme or the other. Yeah, yeah, very slow. Okay, um, yeah. It actually held that record for 22 years. Wow. Um, the other ship, the Lusitania, was known for its gorgeous interiors. Unfortunately, the Lusitania met its uh, demise on May 7th, 1915, when a torpedo from a German U-boat sunk the ship. Um, it actually killed nearly 1,200 of the 1,959 people on board. Shit. And... 
it uh it like kind of like happened like before the US's entry into World War 1. When did the Titanic sink? Was it 1912? Oh, okay. So, oh, so the Lusitania happened after. Yeah. Yeah, oh, right okay. before we we joined World War 1. Okay. Um and we don't ever hear about that. You don't hear about that ship sinking. Mm. Well, and I'm curious. I wonder I mean like they don't make movies about it like they do with the Titanic. Like I'm sure that was just as tragic. Oh, yeah. I think, I wonder if it was that, like, it's, like, yeah, like, obviously a torpedo is going to sink it, you know? Like, it's not as, like, it's not as surprising, maybe? Maybe it's not as as much of a romantic kind of story, you know what I mean, as people make the Titanic out to be. Yeah. But still, like, I really wanted to look into that a bit more after I read that, because I was like, holy shit, I never knew that. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, so after Kennard unveiled its two masterpieces, J. Bruce Ismay of the White Star discussed construction of three large ships, a new Olympic class of liners that would measure 882 feet in length and 92 and a half feet at their widest point that would actually make them the largest ships of their time. Hmm. Work began in March of 1909 in the Harland and Wolf shipyard, shipyard in Belfast, Ireland, and continued nonstop for two years. Um, I can't remember if I put this in my notes or not. A bunch of bad shit happened while they were building these ships. Like, just omens. Like, bad omens. Ugh. And bad omens happened before they took off, too. But everybody just ignored them, so. Um, oh, all three. Man, can you imagine? Yeah. Yeah. It's just, like, there was just so many signs telling them not to do this, you know? Um, all three ships that were designed had ten decks. I am probably about to bore you all to tears, but I love this shit. I love to know like how, like the layout of things, like how much tickets cost, like what the differences between the classes were. So I go into that for a little bit. So I'm going to bore you all and I'm sorry. I'm ready. Yeah, let's do it. Um, the boat deck housed the lifeboats. Uh, the bridge and wheelhouse were at the forward end in front of the captain's and officer's quarters. The bridge stood eight feet above the deck, extending out to either side so that the ship could be controlled while docking. The wheelhouse stood within the bridge. The entrance to the first-class grand staircase and the gymnasium were located midship, along with the raised roof of the first-class lounge. Uh, At the rear of the deck, the roof of the first-class smoke room and the second-class entrance kind of met. Um, the wood covered deck was actually divided into four segregated promenades, one for officers, one for first class, first class passengers, one for engineers and, uh, second class passengers, respectively. Lifeboats lined the side of the deck, except in the first class area where there was a gap so that the view wouldn't be spoiled. So, you know, the first class people didn't want to be staring at lifeboats, obstructing their views of the water while they're sailing luxuriously to the United States. I'm actually looking up a diagram just so I can like follow along. Yeah. Um, so this is the different decks. Uh, a deck was also called the promenade deck. It extended along, um, the entire 546 feet of the superstructure. Um, even though the boat was longer, that was like, you know, the top, 
Um, it was reserved exclusively for first-class passengers and contained first-class cabins, the first-class lounge, the smoke room, reading and writing rooms, and palm court. B deck, which is the bridge deck, was the top weight-bearing deck in the uppermost level of the hull. Um, there was more first-class passenger accommodations there, and then they had six uh, palatial staterooms, which are like cabins, essentially, and they had their own private promenades in those rooms. Uh, on the Titanic, the a la carte restaurant and the Café Parisian provided luxury dining facilities to first-class passengers. Both were run by subcontracted chefs and their staff. All of them died in the disaster. Mm. Uh, the second-class smoking room and the entrance hall were both located on this deck. The raised forecastle of the ship was forward of the bridge deck, and that's a bunch of shit that I don't understand, but that's where, like, machinery and anchor housings were. Um, and the, the bridge, aft of the bridge deck was raised, was the raised poop deck, which was 106 feet long. That always makes me giggle, but that's not what we think it is. (laughs) Um, it was actually the promenade for the third class passengers. So that is how segregated they had them. Wow. That's, uh, that's crazy. (laughs) Like, yeah, like the third class passengers weren't like allowed up top. Like it was, yeah, a little ridiculous. Um, It was actually where many of the Titanic's passengers and crew made their last stand as the ship sank. Shit. The shelter deck was actually the highest deck to run uninterrupted from stem stem to stern of the ship. Um, It included both well decks and also served as part of the third class promenade. Um, Crew cabins were on were actually below the forecastle and then third class public rooms were housed below the poop deck in between. I cannot not giggle my fucking Lord (laughs) in between were the majority of first class cabins and the second class library. Uh, The saloon. I have a question. You might get Mm -hmm. into this, but like what differentiates first, second and third class money, 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 money. Is that literally it? Like it was it. Like, it's the the ticket you could afford on the ship. Okay. Yeah, I go into it a little bit later, like the prices and everything. But okay. like, it literally was the ticket you could afford on the ship. Granted, first class was filled with like socialites and like you That's know people of high standing. Like, even if let's just say, even if like some very low income person could afford a first class, I feel like that's not. Like, or, they would have or scrounged together money. I don't know. It just seems like very. They'd have been allowed to buy the ticket, I'm sure, but among like the social class, you know, like they probably wouldn't have been included in a lot of they like would the. Would not have fit in. Right, but they could have bought it. Technically, they couldn't have told them no. Okay. Um. So literally, it's just money that stopped people from being. And when you hear the prices, you're going to be like, "What the fuck?" Okay. But I give the equivalence of like today's money. Okay. Um. So the saloon deck was dominated by three large public rooms, the first class reception room, the first class dining saloon, and the second class dining saloon. An open space was provided for third class passengers. First, second, and third class passengers had cabins on this deck with berths for firemen located in the bow. It was the highest level reached by the ship's watertight bulkheads, though only by eight of those 15 bulkheads. Um, 
The upper deck was used for passenger accommodation for all three classes, plus berths for cooks, seamen, stewards, and trimmers. Um, Along its length ran a long passageway, which was actually nicknamed Scotland Road, in reference to a famous street in Liverpool. Uh, Scotland Road was used by third-class passengers and crew members. Um, F deck, which is the middle deck, was the... last complete deck and mainly accommodated second and third class passengers and had several departments of the crew there too. The third class dining saloon was located here. And of course the Titanic had a swimming pool. Mm -hmm. Um, So the swimming pool was on this deck. The Turkish bath was on this deck and then kennels for dogs and that sort of thing were on this deck. Oh my God. Dogs were on there. Yeah. I really tried not to think about that because they don't talk about any animals <laughs> that yeah, died in the ship. Major bummer. I'm looking at, I looked up pictures of the, like, the inside, because obviously I've seen the movie, but... Yeah. Th- I mean, the movies, that's what it looked like. <laughs> yep, it was pretty accurate. It's, re- like, it's extremely ornate. It looks just like a giant, like, mansion or something, like, mm-hmm. really, really ornate uh, details. Like, damn. Yeah. Well, and then, like, they did really well, and I wish I – I will have to post, like, a a diagram of, like, each of these decks so as I'm doing this, like, people can look. Um, but the last deck that held passengers was the G deck. It had the lowest portholes and was just above the waterline. The squash court was located here. <laughs> along with the traveling post office where letters and parcels were sorted and ready for delivery when the ship docked. Uh, Food was also stored here, and the deck was actually interrupted by several points um, by the uh, partial decks like over the boiler, the engine, and the turbine rooms. Um, The other decks below were all like the inner workings of the ship, uh, and passengers were actually prohibited from seeing any of that. Uh... This this goes into some of like the luxuries because I just this blows my fucking mind on a ship. Then again, I'll never set foot on a ship, so like the cruise you lines know. are probably like this now. Oh fuck no! How many people go missing on cruises? Fuck that! Yeah, and well, yeah, and like um, it, it's it's unsettling to think about being just in the middle of water, like with nothing, yeah. so, with nothing else surrounding you. I would do it, but. There's a reason I have to drug myself to get on a plane because there are no exits and I'm trapped. Yeah. I cannot imagine <laughs> I mean, a there, boat. There are exits. But... Well, none that I would survive, I'm <laughs> sure. Um, even with a parachute, I'd probably have a heart attack and die. So, I, and the boat is the same way. I don't want to be stuck at sea. I also get really seasick. So, I want no part in a cruise ever. Mm-hmm. Um, so... I'm sure the new cruise lines are probably pretty fucking cool, but this just blows my mind because it was literally a mansion on water. Um, The passenger facilities aboard Titanic aimed to meet highest standards of luxury. Um, The general arrangement plans uh, show that the ship could accommodate 833 first-class passengers, 614 in second-class, and 1,006 in third-class for a total passenger capacity of 2,453. In addition, her capacity for crew members exceeded 900. Um, As most documents of her original configuration have stated that her full carrying capacity for both passengers and crew was approximately 3,547. I was just going to say, so there was like 3,000 people on that fucking boat? Yep. Jeez. The interior design 
um, was decorated in a heavy style of a manor house or an English country house. Uh-huh. I think that's what blows my mind about it. Yeah. Like, you know, it's not like the cruise ships we see today. Oh, um, it's very like, it's, it's very ornate. I mean, well, that, sorry, I worded that wrong. The other ships of their time were laid out like manor houses or, uh, English country houses. The Titanic was actually supposed to be laid out like a contemporary high class hotel. So like the Ritz hotel was actually used as a reference point. Um, uh, yeah, that makes, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, they try to diff like differ from them a bit. Like first class cabins were finished in an empire style, um, which used like a variety of other decorative styles ranging from the Renaissance to, um, a bunch of other fucking shit. Like it was a mishmash, but whatever. Um, so the cabins and public rooms in the first and second class areas of the ship were designed in that way. Uh, the aim was to convey an impression that the passengers were floating in a hotel rather than a ship. As one passenger recalled on entering the ship's interior, a passenger would at once lose the feeling that we are on board a ship and seem instead to be entering the hall of some great house on shore. Mm-hmm. Uh, among the more novel features available to first class passengers was a seven foot deep saltwater swimming pool, a gymnasium, a squash court, a Turkish bath, which uh, had an electric bath, a steam room, a cool room, a massage room, and a hot room. Um, and then first class common rooms were lavishly decorated. They had a lounge in the style of the Palace of Versailles. Um, they had an enormous reception room, a men's smoking room and a reading and writing room. And then they had the restaurants that were supposed to be kind of like modeled after the Ritz hotel. Um, and actually one of the, uh, restaurants, the a la carte one was run by a famous Italian restaurateur named Gaspar Gotti, who obviously died. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the Cafe Parisian was decorated in the style of a French sidewalk cafe. It had like ivy covered trellises and wicker furniture. In the exhibit I went to, they actually did like a little recreate, like recreation of that. It was really neat to see. Hmm. Um, for an extra cost, first class passengers could enjoy the finest French cuisine in a luxurious area of the ship. Um, there was a veranda cafe where tea and light refreshments were served that had big views of the ocean. Um, and then the dining saloon, um, it was actually the largest room afloat and could seat 600 passengers. Mm. Um, third class wasn't as luxurious as first or second class, but they were actually still better than many of the other ships at the time. Um, they really improved the standards, uh, from the other ships. Like the white star line actually took that into consideration. Um, it still sucked. Don't get me wrong, but they gave them much better accommodations. So on other passenger ships at the time, third-class accommodations consisted of little more than open dormitories in the forward end of the vessels, and hundreds of people were shoved in those open dormitories. Um, They also didn't usually have adequate food or toilet facilities, so they'd have to bring their own food and shit. Wow. Um, The White Star Line broke that mold. the uh, the third class accommodations were divided into two sections, um, and the established arrangement was so that single men were quartered in the forward areas, while single women and married couples and families were quartered in the in the back. Um, in addition, 
the other ships only opened, you know, offered those dormitories. The White Star Line vessels actually had private cabins uh, for their third class passengers, and the cabins could accommodate two, four, six, eight, and ten passengers. Mm. So that was nice. They weren't all in a big open fucking room. Yeah, ew. <laughs> yeah. Like a fucking hostel. Um, right, exactly. And I'm sure that some of the cabins they packed was pe- like, you know, like eight people that didn't know each other, but a family could buy a whole cabin, yeah, you know? Right. Um, third class also got their own dining rooms and they had public gathering areas and open deck space, which was not common on the other ships. Um, they also had a smoking room. Um, and a general room that women could use for reading and writing. And they're not, they weren't like designed as glamorous as the upstairs was obviously, but they were still above average for the period. Um, and all three classes were able to use the leisure facilities, um, and use the library, the smoking rooms, the gymnasium. Um, and they could go, you know, on their open decks and, you know, talk and everything. Here's where we get into the fuckery. Oh, I'm so excited. The Titanic carried a total of 20 lifeboats. Oh, you know, that probably held, what, five people? No, actually, they, they held a decent amount of people, but, you know, people didn't fucking use them, right? So, 14 standard lifeboat, lifeboats with a capacity of 65 people oh, each. Oh, shit. Oh, I thought they were, like, tiny. Mm-mm. And then four collapsible lifeboats with a capacity of 47 people each. Okay. There were also two emergency cutters that had a capacity of 40 people each. So let's do the math here. There's definitely not enough for everyone. Yeah, definitely not. <laughs> Even though the boats held way more people than we thought, still not enough for everybody. Um. According to some hypotheses, the Titanic was doomed from the start by a design that many lauded as state-of-the-art. The Olympic class ships featured a double bottom and 15 watertight bulkhead compartments that were equipped with electric watertight doors that could be operated individually or simultaneously by a switch on the bridge. Um, These watertight bulkheads actually like inspired like a magazine to do a special issue do- like devoted to Olympic liners and call them unsinkable. So I think that's kind of where the unsinkable bit came from. Mm-hmm. Um, the watertight compartment design had a giant flaw that was actually critical in what sunk the Titanic. Um, the individual bulkheads were actually watertight, but the walls separating the bulkheads extended only a few feet above the water line. So water could pour from one compartment into another, especially if the ship began to list or pitch forward. So the bulkheads didn't close entirely. Technically there was like, like the water could get over top of them. Mm -hmm. Um, The second critical safety issue that actually, you know, caused so many lives was the fact that there were not enough fucking lifeboats. Um, So the lifeboats could only accommodate uh, 1,178 people. and Like total? Yeah. Oh, that's like half the people. (laughs) Yep. Yep. Okay. Um, They were really really, uh, pretty cocky here. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So when the Titanic departed for its maiden voyage from Southampton, England, on April 10th, 1912, uh... It stopped in Cher- 
before that, it stopped in Cherbourg, France, and Queenstown, Ireland, um, and then set for sale. Set sail for New York with two thousand two hundred and forty passenger cr- passenger and crew on board. Um, many of the people on the ship were obviously wealthy, high-ranking officials, industrialists, dignitaries, celebrities. Um. And this, the, uh, this was its first trip, is that right? Yes, okay. yep, it's Maiden Voyage. Um, J. Bruce Ismay was accompanied by Thomas Andrews, who was the ship's builder on this on this trip. Um, J.P. Morgan, who has ties to Pittsburgh, oh, yeah. uh, was actually absent, and he was a financer of the ship. Um he planned to join his associates on the Titanic, but canceled at the last minute when some business matters delayed him. Wait, isn't that for someone else too? Oh, wait, hold up, hold up. You I think there was another person that was like a big wig that like a lot of people that funded this or were part of it, like they felt cursed after this and carried a lot of guilt. A lot of them got sued. Like it was a big deal. I'm going to look that up. I'll tell you if I find it because I swear yeah. it was someone um like really famous was supposed to be on that on that trip yeah i mean there was there was a ton of famous people yeah um of that time obviously um the wealthiest passenger was john jacob astor Mm -hmm. i don't know my fucking room roman numerals i think it's a five who knows he was the heir to the astor family fortune oh um i have it it's okay it was hershey it was milton hershey or yeah. Oh, okay. That makes sense. Yes, that makes sense. I remember. I remember um, learning that. Um, oh my god, we wouldn't fucking have like Hershey, Hershey chocolate. Oh my. Mm-hmm. Oh, God spared us that day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Did he not get on the ship, or was he on the ship and he survived? Let me see. No, no, I think he didn't get on. He was supposed to okay. get on. Um. He planned to sail home on the Titanic from France. Um, oh, he caught he caught a ship that was that was leaving earlier. Oh, well. from yeah, a German ship. Um, so he didn't <laughs> end up I, sailing on that one. I just almost said blessed, and then my brain Beast. was like beliefs. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh fuck! Shit. Yeah, um, it was all right. Hershey, though. Damn. All right. Wow, that's crazy. Um, so Astor actually made a big wave in the media um, that year because he had divorced his first wife and married 18-year-old Madeline Talmadge Force, who was 29 years his junior. Wow. Um, other other noticeable pa- notable passengers included uh, the owner of Macy's. Get out. Um, mm-hmm. And his wife, uh, industrialist Benjamin Guggenheim, and his mistress, valet and chauffeur, um, and widow and heiress Margaret Molly Brown, who would earn her nickname the Unsinkable Molly Brown by helping to, (laughs) yeah, by helping to maintain calm and order while the lifeboats were being loaded and boosting the spirits of her fellow survivors. Um, Um, Also, Henry Frick was supposed to be on that. That's right. There was a fuck ton of Pittsburgh uh, connections. And when I went to the um, the museum, I remember like Poke and Joey and be like, holy shit, they're all Pits- like Pittsburgh connections. What the fuck is wrong with Pittsburgh and the Titanic? That is insane. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
Um, so the largest group of passengers was the third class. There was more than 700, um, exceeding the other two levels combined. Some had paid less than $20 to make the crossing. Mm. Uh, so first class tickets ranged from $150, which would be $1,700 today, to $4,350, which would be about $50,000 today. Holy shit. Yep. Second class were from $60, which is $700 today. Um, and third class ranged from $15 to $40, so a range of $170 to $460. I cannot imagine paying four hundred and sixty dollars to be in third class. Wow! Yeah, but, uh, that's that's but, wild. Yeah. Um, on April fourteenth, after four days of successful sailing, the Titanic had received sporadic ports of ice from other ships, but she was sailing on calm seas under a moonless, clear sky. At about eleven thirty p.m., a lookout saw an iceberg coming out of a slight haze ahead of them and rang the warning bell and telephoned the bridge. The engines were quickly reversed and the ship was turned sharply. Instead of making direct impact, the Titanic grazed along the side of the iceberg. Uh, Ice fragments sprinkled on the deck and everything. You know, that was kind of like dramatic in the movie. That kind of happened. They actually didn't feel a collision. So the lookouts were relieved and they had no idea that the iceberg had actually left a big jagged gash underwater. Um, and it was was a three, it was too big to feel it. I mean, that, that ship was way too big. Right. And it was a 300 foot gash in the hull. Um, by the time the captain had toured the damage area with Thomas Andrews, um, five compartments were already filling with seawater and the bow of the doomed ship was alarmingly pitched downward, which was allowing seawater to pour from one bulkhead into the next one. So Andrews did a quick calculation and estimated that the Titanic might remain afloat for an hour and a half, perhaps slightly more. Uh, at that point, the captain, who had already instructed his wireless operator to call for help, ordered the lifeboats to be loaded. Um, so a little more, af- little more than an hour after contact with the iceberg, just a big, disorganized evacuation started. Mm-hmm. And it began with the lowering of the first lifeboat. Of course, I said that it was designed to hold 65 people. It left with 28 people on it. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. It left mm-hmm. with less than half of yes. the people that it could actually fit. Yep. And unfortunately, that ended up being the standard. Oh, my God. During the confusion and all the chaos before the Titanic sunk, nearly every lifeboat would was launched underfilled. With only a handful of passengers. Oh my god, that is like sickening. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, in compliance with the law of the sea, women and children were boarded first, and only when there were no women or children nearby were men permitted to board. Yet many of the victims were, in fact, women and children. In the end, only seven hundred and six people survived the sinking of the Titanic. Oh. Um, the That's Titanic. So little. Yeah. It's horrifying. If they had just been patient and calm and orderly, like evacuated, maybe more people would have survived. Either never, way, so many people they were never dying. Even thought that was going to happen. Like in their minds, no. it was fucking unsinkable. And right, like ugh. I just mean, like I understand they were in panic, but like, how can you lower a fucking boat? I'd be trying to put more than sixty-five people in the bitch. 
I'd be like, like everyone's 66. Sit, yeah, sit on laps. Fucking, yeah. Like, like, I don't want to fuck the weight up here, but I'm sure we can fit, like, a bunch of kids in this boat with these adults. You know what I mean? Like, oh I just, God. be fucking coordinated. Anyway. The Titanic was nearly perpendicular with many of her lights aglow and then finally dove beneath the ocean surface at about 2.20 a.m. on April 15, 1912. Oh. More than 1,500 people died aboard the ship and in the water. And the RMS Carpathia was the first to reach the crash site and gathered the 712 survivors and took them to New York. Oh my god, um, that water had to be so cold. So fucking cold. Uh, the sinking of the largest ship afloat required extensive recovery efforts. The C.S. McKay Bennett, a cable repair ship, was the first recovery ship to arrive on scene. With the sheer extent of bodies, the McKay Bennett quickly ran out of embalming supplies. Mm. Um, but maritime laws directed that the bodies had to be embalmed before a ship entered Canadian port. So only the bodies of the first and second class passengers were preserved. Many third class passengers and crew were buried at sea, often without being identified. So the third class passengers and the crew meant nothing. How they identified them, I don't know. But, like, I just, like, when they were digging, like, in the ship, that makes sense. But, like, the bodies in the water and stuff, like, yeah, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, over the next month, 333 bodies were recovered. Authorities confirmed the identities of two-thirds of these bodies. And the rest were buried with just a simple number based on the order that they were discovered. So, like, you know, one, two, three. Um the fourth body that was collected by the McKay Bennett belonged to the child, the unknown child. Um, it was brought to land perhaps because his body was recovered early and because he was a kid. Um, but no one claimed the body. So the sailors used their own money and gave the boy a funeral service and a burial. The remains rest in Fairview Lawn Cemetery, Halifax, with a headstone dedicated to the memory of an unknown child. For a long time, he was believed to be Gosta Leonard Paulsen, a two-year-old Swedish boy based on several pieces of evidence that they found. Witnesses recalled the boy being washed overboard before the Titanic sank, um, and tickets for all four Paulsen children were found in the mother Alma's pocket. Mm. He was also the right age and had light hair. Uh, even the coroner's notes actually refer- referred to body number four as baby Paulson with a question mark. Um, but without scientific evidence, the true identity of the unknown child remained a mystery. Uh, then in 1998, the Titanic ancient DNA project began on behalf of three families, including the Paulson family, um, who were hoping to formally identify their lost family members. Uh, they started this big project. So researchers exhumed three bodies. Two of these graves, 240 and 281, were located at the bottom of a slope, and the coffins were completely saturated with water. The groundwater and the acidic nature of the soil had completely dissolved the skeletons, so there was no DNA to get. (laughs) Damn it. Yep. (laughs) A small fragment of poorly preserved bone and three teeth were recovered from the grave of the unknown child. Uh, the very limited nature of the sample was going to make nuclear DNA impo- like analysis impossible. 
So they looked at mitochondrial DNA, uh, which is what a lot of our ancient stuff that we talk about looks at. Uh-huh. So three regions of mtDNA can be analyzed. Uh, two hypervariable regions, HVR1 and HVR2, and then the coding region. Uh, regions of the mtDNA amenable to DNA analysis um, show that the HVR1 profile from the bone fragment didn't match the profile generated from a relative of Gosta Paulson. Hmm. This ruled out Gosta. So Gosta was actually not the unknown child. Mm-hmm. Um, researchers then tracked down and collected DNA samples from maternal relatives of uh, the other five young children that they had recovered from the Titanic that had died. Um, the HVR1 profiles from female relatives of two missing children, Sydney Leslie Goodwin, who was 19 months old, and Eno Wilhelm Panula, who was 13 months old, um, <laughs> they matched the profile from the remains. Like, so, why were they in a fucking lifeboat? <laughs> yeah, I think that they were um, probably, like, either third class uh-huh. or second class. And, and of course they had lowered the lifeboat so fucking quickly without them being full. There was no hope. Oh, that's um, maddening. Yeah. So based on the early stage of dental development of the teeth, forensic dental experts were sure that the child was very young. This meant that Eno Panula fit the description. So in 2002, the unknown child was identified as Eno Panula. But the researchers weren't completely satisfied with this identification. Um, And it actually didn't rule out that Sidney Goodwin was the unknown child, so they weren't happy. Um, On top of this, a new piece of evidence came into light in 2002. Earl Northover informed the Maritime Museum of Halifax about a pair of tiny brown shoes salvaged by his grandfather, who was a police sergeant. These shoes were much too large for a 13-month-old boy, which would have been Eno Panola, and could have instead belonged to 19-month-old Sidney Goodwin. Hmm. This prompted researchers to analyze the remains in more detail. They generated a complete mtDNA profile from all of the living relatives of the six young children now it's six. It was five earlier. Sorry, I fucked that up. It's either five or six, guys. My notes are a little sketchy there. Um, of the uh, the children that were recovered from the Titanic. Um, and researchers were only able to generate partial profiles for the HVR2 encoding regions from the remains because the bone and teeth were so, so deteriorated. Only Sidney Goodwin's references match the partial profile generated from the skeletal remains. So the unknown child is actually most likely Sidney Goodwin. Mm. So he is no longer unknown, and the remains belong to Sidney Goodwin, a 19-month-old English boy. All Goodwin family members, Sidney, his parents, and four siblings perished that night. The Goodwin family held a memorial service at the grave of the unknown child in 2008 and opted for not engraving Sydney's name on the gravestone. They felt that that grave represented all of the lost children from the Titanic, um, which was kind of cool of them. That's really you know? sweet. Yeah. Yeah. Um, in April of 2019, a plan to identify remains of 43 unknown victims buried in cemeteries in Halifax, Nova Scotia, was unveiled. The graveyard authorities in Canada actually denied the request, but there's hope that the di- denial will be overturned and will bring closure to the families and descendants of those who died. 
And that is my story. What, why did it get denied? Um, it's the same thing like with Dillinger. So John Dillinger's nephew, I believe, wanted to dig up his grave to see if it actually was Dillinger in the grave because there's rumors that it's not. Mm-hmm. And they were just like, let sleeping dogs lie. Yeah. You don't need to disturb graves. Like it's that and same it's kind of thing. it's probably expensive and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But if they're going to fund it, who fucking yeah, cares, why, you know? I, yeah. Yeah. So, um, that's why, but they, they had had things like that overturned in the past. So they're hopeful that they can get it overturned. That's, that is so interesting. And there's so many more people that like, they don't even have like any trace of, Oh, so many bodies that were just never recovered, never recovered. And uh, that's, yeah, that's nuts. And I mean, it gives me a little bit of comfort. This is like now one of those things that it's it's been so long ago that like everyone would be dead anyway. But like, yeah, so that I don't know, that gives me a little bit of like separation from it. But it's so tragic. It's so I mean, and even though, you know, those people are likely dead, um, you know, the people who had relatives on that ship, um, I mean, relatives they knew, mm-hmm. I mean, it still sucks because they died without knowing. Oh, it's tragic as fuck. And it's also like, yeah. it's also just like, oh, if you just, if, like I was reading, I think it, it might've been, um, might've been Henry Frick, like his wife sprained his ankle or her ankle or something. And that's why they couldn't get on it. Like, yeah, it's like there's shit. weird shit like that, that happened the whole fucking time. Like you can Google like uh Titanic, um, oh, what was it? Titanic. Um, Oh, I said it earlier, but bad omens. Mm-hmm. Um, and it'll tell you like, you know, what <laughs> all of the bad omens that happened. Like, here's one. So the ship's cat, uh, they had a cat who just happened to have a litter of kittens. Um, she actually abandoned the Titanic before it set sail. <sighs> uh, she even took the time to remove each kitten one by one. Oh, my God. She's like, nope, this shit, this shit's got bad juju. Yep. Yep. Um, the ship also almost collided with a ship that was named New York when it was leaving. Oh, for fuck's sake. Uh-huh. Yep. It's it's kind of crazy. Like, there's there's just a ton of, like, bad omens that followed this ship. And, like, no one did a fucking thing about it. You know that... This... Oh, I need to give you what? my resources, oh, too, before I forget. Yeah, go for it. Um, uh, did you know DNA.com? bbc.com history.com wikipedia.org and insider.com that was really good that was uh um yeah there you could go down like a huge rabbit hole with all that oh yeah oh yeah this story made me wonder like i don't know if i could do i if i could if i could do this on this podcast because i think it would just be uh, uh way too much but like all the unidentified people from 9-11. Oh, yeah. oh my God. Right? Like, my heart. Yeah. It's like, I don't know. I think another hundred years needs to pass before I can like digest Talk that. About, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I was just like reading. So there was another one. There was actually a girl who was dying in England and she was actually in a coma. Um, she suddenly opened her eyes and said, I see a big ship sinking. Oh, mister, can't you? The people in the water and old Wally and his fiddle. The girl died that night. And then the doctor heard the next morning that the Titanic had 
you know, gone under and he learned that his friend Wally had died in the tragedy. That, that's not real. That cannot be real. I don't know. Oh my that's God. That's what it says. That this is... this website has like things like cited for that. That is spooky. Because I was like, what? I, they have a whole fucking thing like <laughs> a bunch of things cited. There was another one where uh, Bruce Ismay's brother's grandson was in a coma on the night of the Titanic tragedy, he had come out of the coma around the same time the Titanic was said to go down. And he yelled, Bruce is in trouble. Bruce is in trouble. What the fuck? No, no. Yeah. That is too, uh, that's too much for me to handle. <laughs> uh, it's an old tradition to christen the ships before their maiden voyage. Yeah. They do this by throwing a bottle of liquid onto the ship. If the bottle breaks, mm-hmm. then it is bad luck and vice versa if it doesn't. The Titanic, however, was not successfully christened and the bottle did not break. God damn it. Sometimes these fucking, like, superstitions are a thing for a reason. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That was good. Yeah. That was good. That That's one that always uh, is, like, it, it never loses, like, any kind of fascination. Oh, that's creepy. What? So the hall number... The whole number was three nine no three nine oh nine oh four, and when you flip it, it writes out the words "no pope," and I guess a bunch of the people that were Catholic thought that was a bad omen. Well, guess what, motherfuckers, it was the whole. Oh my god! Here's the Belfast thing. I knew some bad shit happened in Belfast. While it was under construction in Belfast, a worker was accidentally sealed into the Titanic's hull. Okay. <laughs> all right listen <laughs> that is a yeah. sign okay yeah i know you're yep. going along all y'all you're you're all going along like oh is this a sign oh, no <laughs> no that's a sign that's a sign absolutely so yeah sorry there were so many boring details and the dna was very little but i kind of wanted to try and cover as much of it as i could and like every detail i could no that, I, um, that was good um I just imagine this the, the cat just being like mm-mm and she's just like nope. she has like each of her like the, the little like napes of her kitten's necks like in her mouth as she's like all at once just running she's out just, like, like she's like fucking <laughs> out of here yeah like fuck this shit I'm out yeah she's like yeah. nope she's like I smell I smell bad news yeah yep I think it's there is so much bad shit but Wow. So there's my story. Good. Sorry it was so long. It really wasn't that bad. Mm-mm. No, we made it to our hour. Um, excuse me. Do you? Rachel's yawn. <laughs> yeah, sorry. I'm very tired. Um, what what do you have to chat about before I go into our news? Oh, um, like padded room. I mean, if you want to do padded room, or we can wait. Oh, till I'm done. Oh, no, I don't care. Whatever order you would like to do, it's fine with me. But I do have um, a padded room. Okay. Uh, I just want to talk real quick because I finally launched our Patreon, even though I have been talking about this forever and just haven't done it. So it is launched. Um, there are five different tiers, and we will post it for you all. Um, there's some really easy, affordable tiers. You're going to get some access to some really cool content. Um, you'll get access to. Uh, a community forum that I've started, um, some merch, uh, videos from us, uh, live, uh, question and answer sessions, you know, things like that. 
Um, there's even a tier where I can give you a personalized animal and facts and I'll send you a video of me talking about it. So you get to see my face and be horrified. So that, uh, great. <laughs> yeah, you know, I told, I told Joey that I was going to launch the Patreon. He was like, all right. And I was like, if you uh, subscribe, I'll send you my nudes. And he was like, you're my fucking wife. And I was like, well, <laughs> he's like, he's like, but I'll do it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But then I was talking to Sophie and I was like, maybe the catch line should be, if you don't subscribe, I will send you my nudes and then everyone will subscribe. And I'm like, this is your only warning. If you don't subscribe, everyone gets some. Um, so <laughs> once <laughs> yeah, you only get this one warning. And then when it comes, you're going to be like, how do I make it stop? You subscribe. And that makes it stop. Um, yeah. So, um, yeah. So check out the Patreon, um, help us out. We want to be able to keep giving you great content. We want to be able to, you know, pay Terry for his time, um, and get some new equipment and stuff so that we can make better content for you. So, um, and, and, you know, just keep everything up and running. So check it out. Help us if you can, if not, we still love you. Um, and go ahead with your padded room. Okay. Um, well, I've been watching the vow. Have you checked that out yet? No, but you told me about it. So, so it's about a cult which like cults if you're not fascinated by cults i don't know what the fuck you're fascinated by it's amazing you have to watch it it's on hbo um and it's all about this it's the nexium cult but it's also called um the, the esp cult which is something fucking it's something stupid uh let me tell you what it stands for the, and it's a real cult. I had to clarify that. Yes, so it's like it's a fake cult. Oh no, hundred percent real cult. Oh, I can't remember what ESP stands for. It's like exec. Oh, executive success program. <laughs> okay, like, all right. It, it you makes know. it sound like it's a fucking like um, like a work retreat or some shit. That's hilarious. It's so fucking wild, and I just want you to watch it so we can talk about it. Okay, I will. It's it, I absolutely will. It just be prepared. It does only come. It comes out weekly. Like you can't binge it. Oh fuck! I know, but there are four. Uh, there are four episodes right now, so that'll at least give you, give you like a, a few to. Yeah, to binge. But it's it's so good, and it's like it's crazy because you. If you knew nothing else about it, it's so it's like a docu series, but they incorporate a lot of like footage from the cults, like trainings and like kind of just they they incorporate a lot of that like real time footage from the cult. And if you knew nothing else about it, you're you almost think it's just like this, almost like this leadership like training. Like it's almost like you're kind of like okay, I mean. I don't know. It paints a really good picture of how you can like fall into that and not even know what's happening. Becky, are you joining a cult? Maybe. I mean, I was just about to say, honestly, at this point I would just join cause I'm done. Dude, it's, it's so wild. And then it just like becomes a sex cult and you're like, what the fuck just happened? They, why do they always turn into sex? Cult? It's a power thing. It is. Yeah. Oh, and the guy that, the, the guy that like runs the cult, this Keith, it, it, he's, uh, 
fucking wackadoo if i've ever is he attractive him. at least no he has like he, Fuck. he has like crazy eyes yeah um he's not he's, listen he's not ugly but he's not he's just a really good talker like that's the only thing right he's charismatic yeah, that's right and like people just People are I have a homework selling, and it's crazy. I have a homework assignment for our listeners. Okay, I want you to find me an example of a cult with a hot leader. Oh my god, there! I don't know. Does that exist? There aren't any. There aren't any. Here, but I want you to find me one. And I'm not talking about hot for the day. Like I'm talking about classic looks that even now would stand the test of time, because maybe back in the day. David Koresh was something to look at, but now he sure as fuck isn't. I just so sent I need, you. Uh, I just sent you a picture, and this is a, a more flattering picture of him, like that. Uh, oh, that's promising. Yeah. So, ew. <laughs> right, like he kind of no, looks uh, like your weird uncle, and like fucking Poindexter. Yeah, yeah, it's not great. No. No, I, I challenge all of you to find me a extremely attractive cult leader so that I can understand why someone would join a cult. If someone does, can we send him a t-shirt? <laughs> oh, I absolutely will. If you send me a, a stick or something, you'll get fucking something. Yeah. Like, I want you, because I don't want a bunch of like, what's going to happen now that we say that, a t-shirt, we're going to get like. 80 of them and I'll be like well fuck they're all hot and I don't have 80 t-shirts okay well the first one sticker yeah I'll give you a sticker That's- everybody can get a fucking sticker at that point you send me your hot cult leaders I want to see them I need proof that they fucking exist because when you hear all these people talking about well he was so dreamy and attractive oh, and he God. sucked me in in what fucking universe like, what? I know it is crazy because it's you're just like how oh my god I don't I, I just don't I just looked up I looked up images of cult leaders and Donald Trump came up and I'm like, well Well he's certainly not hot. If the shoe fits. <laughs> like, okay, so here's the thing. I love bearded men and we all know this. So like I can look at pictures of the absolute fucking pussy, as you like to call him, Charles Manson, and see <laughs> why back in the day he would have been attractive really? without his without his, the X on his forehead. Like there's there's a few pictures of him with like a nice beard and flowing hair where he doesn't look god awful. Okay. See, his, back his in the seventies. His eyes put me the fuck They off. look normal in this picture. So that's why really? I think it's just this photo. You'll see what I mean. Oh man. But like it's not I I don't know. I just I mean, I guess back in the day when there was not many options and that was like the the epitome of sexy and the fucking, you know, hippie times, maybe. I don't know. But no, even so, no, I'm all right. I mean, I guess I could sort of see what you mean, but um, yeah, I mean, he kind of looks like he kind of looks like a just like a band. Yeah, exactly. He looks like a dude who could have been in a band, you know, like that's. <laughs> yeah. And I'm not saying he's attractive. He's certainly not hot and I wouldn't join a cult for him. But like, I want, I want you to shake me to the core with how attractive a cult leader is. Um, male, female, non-binary. I don't give a shit. Send them so that I can judge and you may get a sticker if you blow me away. Like, how are we going to judge this though? Like, does it like, do you and I are going to sit and look at them? 
Okay, and we just have to agree. Yeah, they that are, they are. Well, there are people, those people that are, like, objectively good-looking, you know, like. That's what, I just have never seen one yeah. that, like, you know, that everybody, I don't know. I see what you mean by that. Yeah, yeah. Like, there are those people Some, that are like, well, you can't look at this person and not think that they're attractive, because they just are. Right. Yes. That's what I want. I want, like, so, a cult leader that's going to make me go, hot damn. So, well, you've got to watch this. I need to talk about it with someone. Um, okay. And it is just, it, it's so crazy. And I love it. I'm down. I will listen. I will watch it. I mean, okay. Um, I have a show for you as well, okay. which is my padded room. Uh, Lovecraft oh Country God, on HBO. Yes. So fucking yeah. good jordan peele and who's the other fucking one is it uh hold on because it's someone really famous that i'm gonna feel like an idiot for not remembering right off the bat and that a fact that i only remember jordan peele <laughs> uh, that's on my that's on my list um, i really i need to watch that because i've heard it's really good it is so fucking good um i just i cannot get enough and you're going to love it um it is really fucked up um journey smollett is in it and i fucking love her um and it talks about how hp lovecraft was a giant fucking racist dick bag and i just really really enjoy it there's a book too but i've never never fucking read I mean, the book. i love like everything that jordan peele does mm-hmm, mm-hmm. just so so damn good um J.J. Abrams also. I, sh- I knew I thought that's who it was, but I didn't want to say it was J.J. Abrams and feel uh-huh. like a total idiot okay. if it wasn't. But yeah. So they're, they're only uh, five episodes in right now. So you can binge those five episodes and they'll, they come okay. out every okay, so Sunday. Okay, so it's weekly too. All right. Yeah. Which I'm okay so you'll be I real. I kind of like that like anticipation of like, oh, it's a new episode's coming on. Yeah, yeah. It's just it's so okay. fucking good. Um, and it really just talks about, it, it talks, it just kind of like talks about like the racism struggles and like how I'm looking at like the Wikipedia right now and they essentially have to survive the racist horrors of white America and actual monsters. <laughs> So it's just like all this crazy shit that gets thrown at them and it's just such a mind fuck and okay, you're going to love right. it. I like it. Well, that's like, that's kind of it's like so the good. summary of like everything Jordan Peele does. Like, yeah. Oh, abs- yeah. True. True. I don't, I shouldn't like, if you've seen anything Jordan like, Peele does, yeah. that's what it is. That's what yeah, I should have just no, said. I love, but, um, I love the movie. Um, shit. Was it us? I still have not uh, seen us because for some reason the fucking trailer scares me so goddamn bad that I just, I, and I, I'm not easily shook when it comes to horror movies, but I just like, I watch, I just, I'm blown away. And then I think about get out and how fucking disturbed I was by get out that get I just out don't know. Disturbing. I found us more disturbing. Good. Yeah. So that's so what I'm like, saying. Just get out was so super. Like, <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm just like, fuck, but I will do it eventually. But yeah. Um, please watch that. It's very good. And I want to talk to someone about it. Cause I don't have anybody else watching okay, it right yeah. now. Terry, 
Terry, are you watching this? I think you're watching this. And if you are, we're chatting about it. So yeah, that's how that's how I feel about yeah. this call thing. I'm just like, oh my god, there's so much, and I need I need yeah. to speak of it. I need to unpack uh-huh. this shit. But yeah. All right. Um, anything else? I gotta pick an animal. I didn't do my due diligence and pick one beforehand. That's okay. Uh, do you want to go over the uh, social media or anything else you feel they uh, need to tell yeah, everyone? Social media. So we are on Facebook at Chardonnay and Sign DNA. Uh, Instagram, Chardonnay and DNA. Email, Chardonnay and DNA at gmail.com. The Twitter we never use is Chardonnay DNA. And our website is ChardonnayandDNA.com. Send us Perfect. stories, please. Stuff you want us to do. Yeah, please interact with us. We're bored and yes. we miss you all. Um, okay. So it is not an unknown animal, but I did just see one and absolutely lost my fucking mind when I did. Okay. Um, it is a fennec fox. Um, how do you spell that? F-E-N-N-E-C fox. <laughs> it's hilarious looking is it not precious it's so tiny ears are enormous and they make like i don't know if you've ever heard a fox make like their laughing noise i I have but there's this oh it's music to my ears but you'll probably think it's very shrill and not enjoy it but i love it they literally sound like like they're laughing um and i just love it so uh, they ha- theirs is very high pitched because they're so little. Fennec fox laughing. <laughs> Any fox laughing is something. Do you hear it? Do it again, buddy. Come on. It's like a little dog. Mm-hmm. Come on. Is it the picture, the one of the guy holding it in the car? Yes, that's what. It, yeah, looks like it. Those little tails go. Oh. <laughs> Isn't yeah, that's it cute? cute. <laughs> that's really cute. So this is a this is a regular fox okay. laughing. Well, white fox, but. Oh, well, nope, that is horrible in my ears. Never mind. Talking about President no. Trump. Fuck off. Um, Fox laughing. I'm going to pull it up on my phone. Um, yeah, so very, very precious. Um, I could listen to it all day. <laughs> yeah, Isn't that cute? cute. So the fox made that noise. And then I have one for okay. you that you're going to love. It's a black-footed cat. I love cats. Let's see. It is the smallest wild cat oh in God, Africa. Is it not? It looks like a house cat. Like I try and oh pet God, it. It's so beautiful. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's so small. How does that survive in the wild? Um, they have a 60% success rate in oh, killing. All right. Well, get yours, buddy. Yep. That's real so, cute. 
Um, yeah, they weigh about four pounds. What? <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're they're oh really God, precious. Says males four point two pounds and females two point yep. nine pounds. Mm-hmm. There's also the rusty spotted cat, which is also very tiny and cute and wild. Oh my god, it's so cute. It's one of the cat family's smallest members. That teeny. And an adult only gets to be <laughs> about three pounds. But they survive in the way. I would like try, like, that's things I would die trying to pet. Things I shouldn't pet and will die trying. Oh my god, it's you know? so cute. I bet those, I bet just, just so like, precious. Hides up in trees and shit. Oh my, I, I would accept my death, to uh, be honest. Like, just so precious. Like so there's your animals. Thing. That's mm-hmm. so fucking cute. Yeah. So there's your animals. That was good. I like those. Awesome. All right. Well, everyone have a beliefs today. Be bleefsed. <laughs> Be um, and we'll talk to you next week. Bleefs up. <laughs> Bye. Bleefs up. <laughs>